All right, all right, all right. We are live for the first edition of the People's Talk Show 2024. And um, as always, excited to connect. Let me make sure everything is flowing smoothly on my end here before I begin ranting and everything in between and find out I'm not even live. So uh, for those who are plugged in, let me know via the chat. If you guys can hear me, throw me a thumbs up in the chat and uh, we'll try to make things go as smooth as possible for the very first live stream in 2024. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it should be a very interesting live stream, man. Um, uh, as always, uh, not, you know, a lot of the craziness, nothing but the same old thing happening. So not much of a, you know, real need or desire to really live stream as of late, just because, you know, you guys are well in tuned into what's really going on in the world. And also this year marks the 10th year of the, of my journey for the most part, as well as your guys, those who've been along uh, part of the community since day one or however long you guys have been joining me um, on this, you know, on this pathway of trying to better understand the monetary system. And so uh, as I try to figure out where this channel heads from this point on, just because at this current moment, everybody knows what's going on. We all see the the nail in the coffin for the uh, AKA the Federal Reserve note, the dollar. Uh, this decade, as I always mentioned, is going to be a turning point and it's already here. So it's nothing new. So trying to figure out where this channel heads and everything in between. So that's why I've dialed back from typical format of live stream and things like that and working on some other things, uh, trying to see where the wind blows these days. But anyway, here I am looking forward to connecting and uh, definitely wanted to reach back out and get back with my people, man, to hear from you guys. I uh, won't be long this evening uh, just because this year I'm going to definitely kind of concise to try to bring things down and just rant a little bit get your guys opinion and then keep it moving so i don't want to keep you guys too long it is it is uh what is 907 so we're going to be directing to the point so for those who are plugged in appreciate you for blessing me with your time if you have not hit that thumbs up button show your support for the channel as always and uh definitely looking forward to connect connecting so just to not acknowledge a couple people we got jay dan we got uh tb in the building we got a ronald checking in gene checking in uh who's a jew 333313 forgive me uh what else we got here uh, ed checking in as well bronnie uh bonnie i'm sorry uh who just says rtd doesn't show in subscription list uh doesn't show in my subscription list yeah I've noticed, you know, if you don't live stream, it just seems for whatever reason, the algorithms or YouTube just delete people. So I'm tired of fighting algorithms, man. It's not even worth it anymore. And so won't even really worry about it. But uh, yeah, I'll do the best I can to connect and keep it moving. All right. So let me not waste any more time, man. Welcome to the live stream. First live stream of 2024. And this August makes 10 years of rethinking the dollar. It's been a hell of a journey for myself, man. Um, yeah, I just got so much, so much, so many thoughts in, re in relation to just this journey that I've been on. I was thinking about this earlier of like, just, just my curiosity, just wanting to learn more about how the monetary system works. Still don't completely understand it, but in 10 years and having interviewed everybody and a mother, figuratively speaking, I've had a chance to have a great educational journey, man, that has just been priceless. And so I, I've really enjoyed it. And, and, uh, just, yeah. So I've been thinking about like, you know, what comes next? You know, the world of everybody now is rethinking the dollar or the de-dollarization process. And that's kind of old now. So, you know, I'm just, you know, pondering what's next for the channel, for my creative juices uh, and everything in between. So I don't know. That's where that's kind of where I've been at the last couple of days, weeks, just trying to figure out uh, what a wind blows. 
And uh, man, it's just been, a, I've learned so much, man. I've been very grateful to be a part of such an awesome community of people and everything in between, man. But I don't want to be all, get all emotional on you guys. So uh, but hopefully you guys have, you know, learned some things along the way from all the live streams and the interviews and the news briefs. And hey, I haven't done so much on this channel. You know, I, I think I've done a total of 1600 plus videos and the process of creating them in the earlier days or was a lot, it was more fun then than it is as it's become as of late, just because the algorithms, man, it was, it was more exciting when the channel was smaller and more people was actually able to be reached at that time. It was just much different vibe, but now it's like things kind of plateaued and um, yeah, but I mean, I guess that's life. Um, all right. So let's keep it moving, man. All right. So, man, I got, okay. I got a lot of things to get through. I got to, I got to really get through this one because I want to open the phone lines. Let me make sure I get connected though. I want to make sure I'm connected so you guys can call in and let your voice be heard. And let me see how to mess these things up. Give me uh, a little unorganized on my part. Not really, but anyway. Okay. So anyway, I hope everyone had a great, um, Christmas holiday, New Year's Day, and everything in between. And want to make sure everybody has a chance to uh, let their voice be heard. Any any new people to the community, let me know where you're watching from. And so today I have a variety of stories, but one in particular that caught my attention is from an interview from a uh, somebody that I've never heard of until, I guess, recently her book came out. But she did a great job of, for the most part, breaking down the rethinking the dollar concept and de-dollarization process and her credentials as well was really what impressed me because this chick i've never heard of her but she apparently according to her resume she's done a lot of things when it comes to having built out the infrastructure for the current dollar paradigm system and when she said the dollar is done i'm like damn like what more can i say you know what I'm saying? and so i want to play a little clip from her and point back to her so you guys can check their interview out. You know, it's, it's definitely worth definitely worth your time. And uh, I think it, it just, once again, it just brings everything full tilt to where the world is heading. And I think what's happening with Iran at this current moment says a lot about that. So, all right, let me keep it moving, man. All right, so let me just jump right in. So for those who maybe new, don't know, uh, if you have not, want to definitely encourage you to take advantage of being prepared for whatever. And so the emergency preparedness deals at fourpatriot.com allows you to do just that. They have a variety of items that I would encourage you guys to check into if you haven't. And of course, as you guys can see on the screen here, we have uh, food preparedness. We got cold refrigeration. We have all types of you know food. We got fruit. We got breakfast. They got the water heater systems. They got heirloom. They got seeds. They got everything you need. And of course, they got their power generation system, which is a great thing to look into if you guys are interested. So if you haven't, visit fourpatriots.com forward slash RTD, and you guys can grab a hold of whatever items you need to uh, stay prepared for whatever comes your way. So, okay, let me uh, keep it moving. Um, Let's jump right into some stories that caught my attention. Let me move myself out the way a little bit here. And I'm going to thumb through these headlines, man, and just share my two cents on it and then open the phone lines up and go from there. All right, so uh, what better way to start off the year? other than talking about the expansion of the nations that have already made their decisions as to where they stand with the current current dollar hegemony and their lack of interest in continuing to further expanding, um, I guess, the credit 
or or extending the U.S. credit for the most part, i.e. by accepting those dollar denominated debt IOU nothing. So um, a lot of things are going to take place this year. and Therefore, it's going to be more chaos coming just because the West has a lot to lose. And so with Saudi Arabia, UAE, Egypt, Egypt Iran, formally joining the BRICS as of this first of the month here, I'd imagine there's going to be a lot more disruptions as well as chaos happening just because those nations there are the heavily, they are oil rich. And once the BRICS nations and these additional five now corner the oil market, which they've already done for the most part, uh, there will be not, there will not be much of a demand for, or nations will not be solely uh, dependent or reliant upon using just dollars. And so I think this is going to be something that we're going to hear more of. It's not going to be televised. It's not going to be promoted on Fox, CNN, and all the other news stations, but you guys kind of got what I was, got what I was going. And so this is an article that uh, just shows how, you know, there's there's plans underway and they may not succeed, but who knows. But this is from the cradle. Um, and so this is a, you know, take it to, you know, news sources, just the headlines is what I'm focusing on here, but we get the agenda behind it. But this came out as of today. It says Iran aims to form joint currency with BRIC nations. And so they uh, are one of the newbies to the group. So they're probably speaking out the wrong end of their um, body for the most part. But uh, they have expressed some plans and desires to kind of really ramp things up more so because they're in a very hot seat with the West and the whole idea of, you know, the U.S. is waiting to have any excuse to go in there and bomb the hell out of them. So. But then again, this is what's happening. And so this this originated from another article. So I'll, I'll just thumb through real quick. It says, Iran's Deputy Minister uh, Mahdi Safari said on January 3rd that Tehran is interested in forming a unified currency with member states of the BRICS groups of emerging North. says, quote, we are interested in creating a unified currency in the BRICS group, and this could be a very effective way to whatever, whatever. So if you click on this Sputnik interview, which is where this came from, it takes you here. And this headline here says something a little bit different. It was worded a little bit different. So I had to translate this out of Arabic and I'll move myself out the way here. But as you guys can see here, this is a uh, our interview from Sputnik Arabic AE. And it says, Iran interested in creating a unified currency for the BRICS and abolishing the use of the dollar in the group. And so this was. Out of, it came out 17 hours ago, but was published in the Cradle as of today. So this is the original source from the Cradle article here. And then you see a little lady here holding a silver coin with bricks <laughs> uh, painted on it. But this is the original article here. And this just highlights more of the recent addition to the BRICS nation. And just the fact that in the Arab world, their news media is willing to publish such statements as abolishing the U.S. dollar in the group. So. Once again, who knows? We'll wait and see. But clearly the plan is not to no longer be subjected to the whims of the West and to go a little further. So uh, let me just jump into some headlines of things that caught my attention if I can. And so as the time this article surfaced in the Western Hemisphere, just today there happened to be a terrorist attack. Unfortunate, you know, whenever lives are lost, you know, false flag, you know, I can't I'm not going to speak on that. But whenever lives are lost, it's a tragedy, however it happens. But typically they're a warning signal, somebody sending a signal. And who has the most to lose? Huh, the West and the globalist elitist, whatever you want to call them, those that control the current monetary structure. 
It says deadly blast in Iran looks like a terrorist attack, possibly ISIS. A senior U.S. official was quoted as saying. And when I when I saw the word ISIS, I'm like, I remember ISIS. I was like, you know, real popular four or five, six years ago. And wasn't it kind of known that they were funded by the West and supported by like our three letter agencies and all that stuff? And so putting all that together, you have a U.S. official saying that it was possibly ISIS. And if ISIS is funded by the West and that's the narrative the West want to Western media want to run with, then can we say that whatever happened in Iran could be because of the West, i.e. sending a signal or signal, sending a warning, a warning shot? And this could be the follow-up to that statement about the dollar. It's, you know, so you got Iran coming out saying that we don't, you know, we no longer want to use a dollar. And then all of a sudden, a couple of hours or however long later, a day or so later, within Iran, a message is sent in the form of a catastrophe and lives are lost and everything in between. So could be nothing. I could just be speaking hot air. But when you put these events together, that's kind of what I get. So curious to hear you guys thoughts on that. But uh, we'll see what the follow-up is. But once again, Iran, the newbie to the BRICS group, jumping the gun, speaking a little bit too soon, speaking out of character for the most part, because they ain't carrying much weight like uh, Russia and China is. So, but anyway, that's just one story caught my attention. All right, let's keep it moving, man. Let's talk about the debt, the debt. We can never have too much of that, can we? Because if it doesn't continue to grow exponentially, then what else do we have to offer the world? But it says U.S. national debt hits record 34 trillion as Congress gears up for a funding fight. So, uh, yeah, the clock must move forward. More debt must be created. I'm not even going to details here, but if we don't spend it or if they don't create it for it to be spent, then we don't got much on our, or our end to offer. And so here we got the debt clock here. And someone brought to my attention um, something about uh, some new additions to this uh, page here, which I didn't have a chance to check out. And I will, but. Apparently there's they've been some they've been doing some upgrading. Let me move this out the way a little bit here. So yeah, there's all a variety of all types of new features on here. But for the point of this little discussion here, 34 trillion and counting, it's only going to go higher. That's all we should basically prepare for. <laughs> all right, keep it moving. Uh, here's another little uh, news story that caught my attention. This is from Zero Hedge, and this has more to do with the debt. So here we got U.S. interest payments expense 1.05 trillion. It says, let me read it real quick. It says U.S. interest payments 1.1 trillion as of today. That's 250 billion more than the defense budget, 250 billion more than the spending on Medicare, 200 billion more than spending on health, and will surpass 1.35 trillion spending on Social Security this year, becoming the biggest single the single biggest outlay. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of disappointment. This is we've, we've blown past the point of a, um, which I was trying to think of something earlier. Um, what you call it? You know how they say whenever there's a, uh, dang, what's it called? A systemic, no, not systemic, but what's the first, uh, um, damn national crisis. Oh, what's the word? I can't think of it. National, I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, I had I had a whole little spill about that, but ultimately speaking, it's 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 I can't think of what it was. Anyway, it'll come to me. Okay, keep it moving. Just highlighting some figures here, just showing highlight highlighting how much how problematic the debt is, how unsustainable it is. But yet, then again, we all knew that. 
And on top of that, we're not the only ones because uh, every nation is also heavily indebted. So therefore, there's a need for events. And here is a interesting possible event that might be under the works. So this says here, let me get myself out the way. It says ECB to conduct a mock cyber attack at 109 banks. So this is uh, from a questionable source, but then again, it has a actual link here to a ECB bank documentation. But it says here real quick, it says 109 banks in question are all under the dire supervision of the ECB, the stress test scenario. And I'll open this up here so we can look at that in a minute. It says seeks to interrupt the bank's day-to-day operations during which existing contingency measures will be practically tested. So take 109 banks, you disrupt how money flows throughout the day, and then you find out in a test subject matter as to how the banks will operate and what would the response be in between. So it says sharing additional information. It says 28 of the 109 banks are to share additional information with the ECB Detailing the uh, their response to the simulated attack, the ECB says that these banks operate in different regions and sectors, so it's possible to state in general terms afterwards how the financial sector can better guard against cybercrime. So um, we will find out how this goes, but here is the uh, documentation officially from the European Central Bank, ECB stress tank's ability to recover from cyber attacks. So uh, 109 banks getting an early test round, so they can. this is all about them preparing their themselves for what they already know is coming like you know this is kind of like uh what was it uh event 201 how all the government leaders and healthcare and pharmaceuticals got together to run through a hypothetical but then the hypothetical became real so this is the same type of scenario they're just working out the kinks so they know how to institute their version of the solution which will be a euro a euro cbdc and your universal basic income yada 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 we know how this is going to go okay keep it moving Here's another little interesting headline. Just some headlines caught my attention. Only half of Americans believe they can pay off their December credit card bill. Yeah. Okay. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and then uh, let me see here. Here's another one here. So there, there happens to be a, I don't say, I want to say a rush, but a movement amongst the monarchies. <laughs> so we got Queen Margaret appears alongside son and daughter-in-law after surprise abdication. So the queen, <laughs> Once again, I don't follow these people extensively, but then again, it's just something is not something is something is not right out here when you got people giving up their throne or abdicating it and turning it over to their children all of a sudden. So what do they have on these people or what's going on? Who knows? We'll find out. But the Danish royal family has hosted a reception to at Christian Christianburg Palace after the surprise abdication of the queens. The queen was flanked by her son and heir, whatever, whatever the queen. The prince is preparing to assume the throne on January 14th with his with his wife by his side, while his mother will become the first, the first Danish monarch to abdicate in 500 years. So just think about that. Think about that. The first monarchy to abdicate the throne in 500 years. Like that's not something to just take lightly. This is some historical events here. I mean, you got these people. This is bloodline. Like oligarchy type money these people like you know that family is like a part of like this corruption of the system the principalities and powers and they are shaking things up on their end so something's happening i don't know uh appreciate the super chat events i'm gonna get to that one second let me share my thoughts on a couple more subjects and then here we have another possible abdication from the king and this right here really this so you know saying so right now king charles abdicating the throne to uh 
Prince William is like, oh, you know, it's it's this rumor right now. I think it's official, official, but I, this is what's happening. So if this is true or it turns out to be true, King Charles just became king. He's waited his whole life for this, I would assume. So all of a sudden now he will be willing to consider this. Something's not right. King Charles caused emergency meeting with William and Kate amid abdication rumors. So this guy, if he's really like, you know, willing to give up that crown, there must be some dirt on him or something coming down the pike. Who knows? I'm just uh, speculating. Uh, all right. Let me acknowledge Vince. I appreciate you, man. Says Shalom, dear, uh, my dear brother. Uh, and yeah, I'm very thrown off by how the BTC ETF will be controlled and the price of BTC will plummet. Supposedly, it'll be backed by JP Morgan and BlackRock. Um, Vince, <sighs> yes, I do follow this ETF stuff quite extensively just because um, I'm still really trying to wrap my head around the idea of why people who want it out of the system have been willing and so excited to run back into the system where it's only a matter of time before absolute power corrupts anything and everything labeled as decentralized. So I, I just, it's a shame, but then again, greed, greed. If Bitcoin and all those other projects were meant to succeed, you don't need institutional money. The currencies that are failing themselves are going to run for safety. People are going to run for safety. And they'll find safety in metals, of course, and in cryptos that are worth something to somebody else. So to create financial products off of these so-called decentralized products, it was a part of the plan all along, my friend. So, um, But there, there will come a rally of rallies just because they want to make sure that they sucker in all the people on the sidelines, which happens to be quad, about a quadrillion or so worth of assets spread around this planet so they're going to rally it but they're going to wait to it's more so in their possession in their control because blackrock owns the miners and he owns the banking cartel he got a head he, he's a he's a top shareholder in the banking cartel so they're going to definitely win from this trade no matter what so i feel your pain man i lost my excitement back before 2017 when i saw the shift with the with the block wars and i knew something was changing so but I appreciate the love offer, my friend. And uh, yeah, more power to you, man. But, you know, you, you, I, you know, knowing your situation, you know, it's been good to you too. So, uh, all right. Uh, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Okay, some more things here. Let me see what else is on our radar. Okay, so it looks like I could pass this article up. This is just funny. This is just too funny. It says Clinton and Trump <laughs> are named in the Jeffrey Epstein documents. No wrongdoing alleged. So I'm like, they, so they couldn't let Clinton go down by. So everybody know Clinton is a pedophile and everything in between. So they couldn't just let Clinton take all, get all this negative publicity and not throw in somebody else. Why not throw in Trump? Whether he's there or not, who cares at this point? Nothing going to happen to none of these guys. But then again, I was like, well, I bet you, I know one thing for sure. Obama made sure his name wasn't on our list. He made, they made, he made sure they took it off. He took, they took his name off the list. And think about this. All the presidential selected candidates, they're all a part of the same bloodline type of, you know, selection crowd. They were all selected. So therefore, I would assume automatically they're already a part of that line of. Uh, yeah, demonic stuff. So like this Epstein list has turned into a joke because it's been drawn out so long now that now it's just it's more 
it, it's more theater to where it's just getting people all roused up and 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 they're gonna thinking they're gonna see all types of names of people that they either suspect or people that they would want to see on the list. But once again, what does the list prove that they went to an island? You won't see no videotape. You won't see no incriminating photos of individuals caught in the act, which would prove them guilty of whatever act they were guilty of. So it's just a list of people going on a vacation. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? But that's how the media is going to spend it. So long story short, nothing going to come from this, people. Ah, but then again, it's entertaining to get clicks. Okay, sure. Okay. Keep it moving. Um, here's just something that I thought was worth mentioning for my people in Cali. Uh, I remember we talked about, uh, what was it? It was uh, last year, two years ago, when all the fire break out and how things were changing there. So just this is going to play more into the unaffordability of the housing prices happening in certain parts, parts around the world. But State Farm raising insurance rates 20% for California customers in the new year. And so that kicks in in March. Therefore, it's going to be more insurance companies further raking the height, raking the cost up on insuring property, therefore causing a lot of people who may be on a brink or on a fence as to whether or not they're going to buy some of the overpriced housing to factor in the additional costs in insuring those houses. So, yeah, but then again, you know, for those who can get in and get in when you can, but of that, other than that, the average Joe, you know, the millennial, the younger crowd, all the ones will be left out. So, okay, let's keep it moving. Okay, so last little thing I want to mention here uh, is this. Let me see if I can go back here. Let me go back here. Uh, give me one second here. I lost my video. But this is the video I started off talking about, if I can bring it up. Uh, let me, because this video here, I want to point this, point this video back so people can go check it out. Because it's short and to the point, but where did it go? Give me one second here. Because this video here, uh, to me, as I started off saying, does a good job of summarizing or helping to bring everything full circle when it comes to the rethinking the dollar concept. Because this person here, I never heard of her until, uh, let me see here. Shoot, where'd it go? Give me one second here. I got to find it. Uh, dang it. This this video here. Here we go. Okay. So this is the video here. And it is, it is, came out in October. But this person right here, this lady on the stage, her name is Kathleen Tyson. And it's the video. It's about 15 minutes long. And it is very, she used a lot of visual aids or whatever, but it's her background that that really sparked my interest because this lady here, she knows what, you know, according to what the project she's built out and what she's been a part of, she knows a lot. And her conclusion as into the status of the dollar as a reserve currency and how it, she said it ended. She said it ended. And I'm like, okay, let me just pay attention to this because, you know, like I, I, she is a much more credible source of, knowledge than your boy over here who is just a youtuber but uh let me share with you a little bit so this is a screenshot and so i i you know i won't go through it but everything here to the right basically lift list off her career and everything she's built she's she was a federal reserve you know federal reserve employee she built the digital systems for the dollar this that that whatever she built nine trillion dollar derivatives market da, 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 da. she just 
all the stuff right here she's a part of like she's like just listen to her spiel you like you know it's very impressive because she she would know this exactly the way that i'm about to say this but from thumb through real quick her recent book is called multi-currency mercantilism and so that's the name of her book and it, it came about from her basically saying the dollar is dead and so she actually said that last march or i'm sorry last was it last year in december she basically said this picture right here to the far right is when Xi went into Saudi Arabia for the Gulf Cooperation Council meeting. And that was the statement she said when that meeting took place, that's when the basically the petrodollar system died. And so she talks about from this point on, it's going to be the dollar as well as other currencies. And she goes on for the rest of the 11 minutes of the video here to highlight why that is. And so this picture here has to do with this this uh, meeting right here. And so let me go back here. So this was the first China Arab Gulf Summit fosters Beijing GCC countries ties. So this is that picture I just pointed to right here. And so she went on to explain how and why and everything in between. But according to her, uh, last December, when these guys shook hands, that's when the dollar as a primary reserve currency came to an end. And then she goes on to explain why. And she said it's her goal and what she's working on and what she has done for 14 central banks and everything else. She's talking about people she work with is she's, she's helping to build out the new world structure of currencies. And it has to do with multi-currencies that then it goes into her book. So anyway, uh, very good interview there. I encourage you guys to check it out if you want, but once again, she's, well, she's, she helped, apparently build out a lot of the things that she's uh saying has already changed so i guess she kind of sums up my little thesis there on a the dollar but anyway just keep it moving all right so we had 30 minutes into it i'll open the phone line for a quick quick little minute want to get some thoughts and uh if you guys have ideas thoughts suggestions anything that came across your mind you want to talk about let me know and uh we'll keep it moving but definitely want to try to hear from my people and did a good little amount of rant myself but those are just some things that caught my attention of which I think that uh, blast today and Iran black Iran bashing the dollar leading to a terrorist blast is not coincidental. It's not coincidental to say the least, but okay. Phone lines are open. Hopefully it rings or hopefully it works. And then we can go from there or throw out in the chat, any thoughts, ideas, suggestions, and we'll jump on it. Rod says the dollar ended in 2009. Jim Ricker said they were 15 minutes away from pulling the plug on the entire system. How does that come across to, to anyone with trillions of U.S. treasuries? How does that come across to anyone? Oh, it definitely that's a, it's 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 for. OK, so Jim Ricker saying that the dollar died technically in 2008. True. But then again, we realize that it really hasn't died because they've been given a lifeline uh, over the last what 15 years now. And so. Uh, since then, the BRICS formation has led to all-time highs in gold from central banks and all the plans that have been put in place, which leading to the eventual ending of the dollar as the reserve currency. But technically speaking, what's a reserve if you're no longer really required, if you're not required to actually hold them for international trade? Because right now with what China's doing and the Gulf Coast, you can use the yuan. So... And in, in, in that video I just talked about, 
she even broke down stats and numbers as to how the dollars being used less and less more. And she showed local currencies. So it was real detailed. And basically her, her point was there is no reserve. If you don't know, if you no longer are, are forced to take it, you are able to use other things now. So therefore the reserve currencies has ended officially. And so therefore that last 15 years of lifeline, the dollar still been used. It's going to be used forever. People are going to still buy our debt. You know, we're going to have all types of backdoor entities buying debt, but in the meantime, it's all about alternatives. And so those holding U.S. Treasuries are becoming less and less of the BRICS nations, the, the current 10 now, and the coming 30, 40, 50 that's on the waiting list to join the BRICS. They are more incentivized now to not depend upon having reserves in USD terms. So that Treasury issuance is going to be a problem because the government will still continue to issue them. But then again, Who's going to buy them other than the Federal Reserve or the Exchange Stabilization Fund and any other uh, backdoor entities that our government has created to make it appear as if there's real interest in holding something you know you're not going to get back with purchasing power. So I feel you, Rod. I feel you. Fishbowl, appreciate you, man. God bless you, Mike, your family and RTD community. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for the blessing. How are things in your neck of the woods? It says, if, if we are close to the end times, won't Christians use the greenbacks and silver and gold bars and trade and, and trade with me or not legally allowed to do so? Um, Ed, uh, yeah, but see, once again, I mean, you know, we are we are entering some interesting times, but I think we still have a good little ways to go before we reach those times where we're going to be talking about, you know, bartering trade currency because the average Joe all they know is green paper. So it's going to be in demand for quite some time. It's going to be several years, if not maybe several years, half five years plus before people realize that the green paper or digits are the problem. So I don't see there being like um, uh, the, the barter and trade system right away, unless there's an emergency situation, some breaks and, you know, all hell breaks loose. Then sure. Yeah. But I think at this current trend, you know, we still got time to spend and buy and everything else in between. So, Therefore, I don't, I don't see the um, uh, the whole idea of the you know end time Christian type of thing, especially the, the idea of the the mark, which is yeah even further along down the line. I think if that even answers your question, I'm not sure. <laughs> I use the greenbacks and silver to go to bar and trade with me, or legally allowed to do so. Um, yeah, as far as being illegally allowed to do that, as of right now, I, I don't think. The government is any any in any position to try to uh, make the use of gold and silver in trade amongst people illegal or nothing like that, just because they wouldn't want to draw attention to anything other than the current issues at hand, at which they're going to say it's going to be foreign and you know Russia or whatever, and it's going to be banking focused, like the you know the banks go under, the banks have problems, you know, like the last March, whatever's coming in the future is going to be. 10 times worse than March. They're going to be focused on the problem at hand, not necessarily, you know, um, uh, libertarians and people who love gold and silver, their response. They're not going to be focused on them. They focus on, you know, what their solution will be, which will, of course will be the digital, whatever in the, in, that they want to roll out there. So if that makes sense in the BIS restore the Republic, that would be great. But then again, the BIS isn't going nowhere. None of those entities, man, the BIS, the World Bank, Switzerland, just Geneva in general. You know, to me, that's where 
the belly of the beast is. So that is the epicenter of the global monetary order. It's not going nowhere. So it's not going nowhere until we get into that tribulation time frame. And then that's when things really happen. And so, but you know, between now and then, you know, we got a lot of things in between to get to. And unfortunately, yeah, I'm not getting to that. Joshua says, Mike, have you looked into the millennial kingdom hypothesis? Apparently Christ already reigned for a thousand years and that part of history, dark ages has been hidden from us. Um, uh, Joshua, that is, I, I mean, I study the millennium kingdom, uh, eschatology rather quite frequently more now than ever. And I didn't hear about that particular, um, approach in reference to the kingdom of God, because a lot of things have been hidden from us. But my only rebuttal to that would be if the kingdom of God physically had already come the way that premillennial, premillennialists, premillennial, premillennialists believe, then we would be in a much different environment now. Therefore, if that happened, Satan and his lynchmen would have been already placed in the abyss. There would not be any deceiver or any uh, ills of the world because the tempter would be gone temporarily in chains. And so we haven't had that either. So can't have, can't have one without the other. They book, they go hand in hand. So therefore I think it's still to come in our future is my point. But then again, I, th- I just, I, you know, I, I was listening. So if you have it in the telegram earlier, I posted a video that kind of deals with that. Let me copy link. Cause I was actually thinking about interviewing. I will, I actually will. I'm reading a really good book uh, about this subject matter. And this interview here from this guy on the screen right here. So I was listening to this. So I'll, I'll put this interview in the Telegram group because I listened to this interview here. And he does a good job explaining, you know, the amillennial, premillennial, postmillennial arguments that people try to come up with. And he does a good job of breaking it down. And it's once again, it's, it's amazing. It amazes me how people can take a book and come up with so many different angles rather than just like focusing on the core center pieces of what that book is, is about and try to come up with their own narratives and spins on it to support their causes and theses. It's like, ah, I don't know. So long story short, that's a great question, man. But that is a very interesting subject that does excite me a lot. Does excite me a lot. All right. What else we got here? Uh, time to rebuild. That's what the Jews believed in 1500s. Um, that's what the Jews believed in 1500s about the, Millennial kingdom having already come and being hidden from us. Here's the thing. When Christ comes again, you won't be able to hide that. Cause that's saying that that's, that's saying that Satan still has enough power to where he can somehow, some way keep it hush, hush and not uh, inform the world. Like, you know, no, like, you know, when Christ comes, Satan disappears. Like, you know, when, when Christ sets up his reign on this physical earth, Satan will not be present. You can't, you know, have two kingdoms. You can't have two kingdoms at that point battling. As of right now, the kingdom of darkness reigns and rules at this current moment, while the kingdom of God is here present, is present here spiritually. But yet when it shows up here physically, i.e. the king putting his feet on, I forgot which mountain, I think it's Mount Moab, if I'm not mistaken, in Israel, then that's when the party starts. You know what I'm saying? So 
Um, yeah. Like, I think people give the enemy too much credit. Like, he's not, you know, you can erase history. You can erase history when the king himself ain't here, sure. But when he's here, ain't no re-erasing that. Every eye, <laughs> every tongue will confess. You know what I'm saying? I do believe that. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Masana Ben Israel. Manasseh Ben Israel. Please look him up. I will do that. I'll look it up right now so I don't forget it. Uh, I will look it up right now. Okay, I see. I see who he is. Okay, I will check into it. Died in 1657. So, yeah, I am convinced that a lot of history has been hidden from us. But then again, you can hide certain things, especially when you have nations all collaborating, working together to hide things. But, yeah, when we're talking about spiritual matters, you can't hide that. You can't hide that. Uh, Solo says, RTD, glad to see you still doing your thing and good health. Mike, wishing you and your family great health and prosperity in your new year. Appreciate you, man. Uh, that's why the thousand years was hidden after it concludes Satan is loose for a little season. It works out. Um, but then again, so here's the thing, like, uh, I mean, I just, just great, great dialogue here. So the thousand years was hidden, but here's the thing. Once the thousand years is up, eternity begins. And so actually, let me, since I'm doing this, let me share with you. Uh, let me just. Let me share with you something that I am. Let me grab it real quick. Um, let me grab this real quick here. This is, let me see here. I want to just share with you. Ah, where is it at? Did I? Oh, man. Nope. Dang it. Where'd it go? Oh, yeah, yeah. Give me a second. Give me a second. Um, let me grab, shoot. Give me one second here, just because I think this could be interesting. Ah, maybe not. Uh, upload if I can find it. Uh, nope, I can't find it. Uh, anyway, but about that statement there, I forgive, forgive me. I was, I was, it was actually, I'm actually working on a visual aid relating to these topics here. But um, that's why the thousand years was hidden. After it's concluded, Satan is loose for a little season. It works out. So my whole point is, if we go to, and I was just thinking about this earlier, if you go to Revelation 20, and it talks about the millennial period, time frame, and then chapter 21, 22 gets into how basically eternity, eternity in a reference to the last battle, temporarily speaking, where the Satan is loose to deceive for a short moment, but he's defeated, fired from hell, boom, he's put away, then the second resurrection. And then at that point, we have New Jerusalem coming to earth. And once that takes place, that's when, for the most part, that's when eternity begins. Eternity in the sense of the Father, Jesus Christ turning over, turning over rulership back to the Father. And then that's when we get into the very end of the book. And all everything is all sin, everything is done away with, no weeping, no time, no crying, all that good elements of the kingdom becomes full, full blown life for that moment moving forward. So 
but that follows after the thousand years. So if the thousand years was already took taking place, what, uh, you know, a thousand years ago, and here we are now, like what the dead period, the dry period. So what comes next will be the argument because, you know, like it, where's Christ at? Like if he came already, then where'd he go? Like, he came left and he's coming back again. He hasn't shown up yet because once he comes, that leads to permanency. Like once he puts his feet on the ground, it's permanent. I haven't physically seen him yet. So when he comes again, we're, you know, everybody who's around going to see him. We ain't seen him yet. We're not, right now. We're still in the dispensation of the Gentiles where literally we're still in that window of faith where the goal is to build the church, which is the body of Christ because he ain't here yet. So yeah, that's a little arguing point, but this is, I think this is great. This is great. This is great subject matter. Like this subject matter to me is the most important subject matter of humans existence <laughs> because there's a lot of things been hidden from us that we don't know about things that we need to know. And the things that, especially if you're a person who are, are, are if, especially if you are a believer and if you're born again, that's even better because your, your eternity is already sealed. But then again, like what about the people who have not come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? That's what's most important. That's kind of like where I'm like, eh, you know, dollar talking about the dollar is fine. But once again, like the dollar can't save your soul. You can't buy your way into heaven. You know, so after a while, it kind of gets old. Let's get onto some stuff that's juicy, like winning souls. Anyway, that's just me. <laughs> uh, so he says the Antichrist comes and rules for a thousand years. Okay, so Niels, I'm assuming is that thousand year time frame that was is, is this is this is this the Antichrist reign right now or something like that or what? Because I don't I don't see that in the scripture about Antichrist ruling for a thousand years antichrist has a very short we are short period short period very short period seven years to be exact natural mom appreciate you i'm just a student that loves to learn and i love talking about things that actually like you know talking about these subjects these this really moves the needle because this is what more people um you know, should be a warning to learn about. Like I'm not nowhere near, nowhere near right. I'm still a student. Don't forget, Jesus said that these things will take place in the generation he was already in. He told the apostles it would happen in their lifetime. So theoretically, around 70 A.D. Okay, so once again, like using those same same words there from Christ, referring to that time frame there, and taking it, taking those, taking that statement literally, meaning that within their lifetime at that moment, then that argument, I guess the one that you are trying to prove could be in alignment with how you're interpreting it. But once again, at some point, like, you know, when it comes to that kingdom concept and if that, if that thousand year reign is literal, meaning that Christ rules and reigns that on, on the earth. And it's, and that's where I think Zechariah. let's pull it up real quick. Let's pull it up real quick. This is, uh, let me, this is unplanned, but this is, uh, something that I was actually looking at today. So, uh, let me just, all right, let me see. Let's just see what we can just see what we can see in here. I think it is. Let me see here. So we have. Uh, New Living Testament. What do we got here? What do we got here? Let's go. 
Um, no, 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 what we want to do? Um, new King James, it don't matter, whatever. Okay, so the day of the Lord, let's talk about this for a minute. And, it, and this is completely off topic, whatever, but this is exciting to me, and I'm sure it can be of value to other people. Uh, what verse is it? Nine, I think it was. So I think it's one through eight talks about no, one through 15. What is it? Yeah, one through 15 talks about certain portion and 16 on talks about uh one through six 16 and above talks about life during the actual thousand year reign one through 15 talks about life building up to it and one of the things that stood out to me was uh okay so my this is my point about and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. And that day it shall be the Lord is one and his name is one. And this particular scripture here referring to the time frame where physically speaking, he's going to be king over all the earth. And then it goes on talking about what that life will look like. And it should come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem will go up year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And it shall be that whichever, okay, so I'm getting it up. This is a little bit too far, but so this happens. So this picks up here for the most part after the thousand year has begun. And every single year, every single year, those who remain after the great tribulation will come up to Jerusalem to worship the king. And it goes on, but so Zechariah 14 does a great job of talking about immediately, immediately before and during the kingdom of God, millennial reign time period. So those are all just some things that I think further highlight how I, I we, we haven't seen the millennial reign just yet because it also talks about during our thousand year reign, nations, meaning that ethnic groups will still like there'll still be geopolitical structures and ethnic groups still in place and they will all move towards Jerusalem as the center of the world government like when Christ comes the second time and sets up his physical kingdom he's ultimately establishing a one world government that one world government will be centered in Jerusalem where it'll look completely different than it does now and everything in between. And we haven't had that yet. Jerusalem is still the most hotbed subject in humanity and all the things happening around it with Gaza and stuff like that. So we ain't seen that yet. So how, how could Satan hide that from humanity? You can't hide that. Like, you know, Christ, you know, actually having a, not the third, but the fourth temple set up where he's physically seated in a, on a throne in Jerusalem during his millennial reign, you can't hide that. So those are things that have yet to come just because like, it's good to say, so, so that like Christ 1000 year, he, he reigned and he went back, come back a third time or like, or, or what? So those are things that I kind of am grappling with when it comes to that particular viewpoint on the millennial reign, because we ain't seen a lot of that yet. And Christ, as of this current moment, is not reigning over all of the earth, physically speaking, like it says in Zechariah. So, so yeah, anyway, but those are some things there.
that I find to be very interesting. Lindell Johnson says the Jews, Christians and Muslim, three main religions, those those Jews back then, they didn't know, they didn't believe in Christ. The Christians do a separate religion. Yeah, that's another thing. So like, you know, like so a part of what Satan's trickery has been is that the whole divide and conquer, steal, kill, and destroy, uh, you know, you know, mankind, humanity being the most confused species on the face of the planet ever. Like, you know, mankind are the only ones who don't know our original origin and nature and our original function and design everything between. And so we've lost the idea that we were given dominion. So we've actually abdicated to the enemy. So the enemy has, actually has us out here scrambling. Everybody's also be looking for that core relationship with their creator, but they're looking for it in different ways through things, stuff, accolades, money, dollar signs, whatever you name it, whatever you can get your hands on, people tend to you put those in front of themselves as gods, unfortunately. And so all those religions that have been set up, like, you know, you got the top ones, you know, name them, Catholicism, Judaism, you got Christianity, you got Islam, you got Buddhism, you got Confucianism, you got Baha, Satanism. I mean, it's an ism. You name an ism. They all, <laughs> they all cause division big time. When, if, you know, if you just were, yeah, you know, if we just looked at the Bible according to what it was meant to teach us as like a life manual slash guide for God's children, like believing in Christ makes you a child of God. Then therefore you're a child and an heir to a king, to a throne. If you're heir to a throne, that means there's a territory and there's, there's blessings that come along with that. Like that is the core essence of who and why we were created to rule and reign. But yet religion has you thinking that like certain doctrines and, certain denominations and certain practices and certain rituals and it just have you out here chasing like yeah stuff man it's things whatever anyway instead of chasing the source which is Yahweh the one and only the one who feels all in all anyway okay I can go on and on and on but I'm not <laughs> but this is little this this ventured off way 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 out the ballpark but then again it was fun <laughs> Had a lot of fun. Uh, it says Jeremiah 39. 39 says David says David, the Bible was made for the Jews, not Christians. You get it. Um okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, if that if you know if that scripture works for what you're trying to illustrate, then I'll run with that. You know, I I I I don't really see that or or really that you know like you're 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 disc you're dis, you're exclude you're excluding yourself from a, a gift of salvation like you know like those words man they're breathing they're alive all right anyway but we're approaching an hour that was longer than i thought i was going to go but anyway as always people uh it was great to connect once again for the first time of the year Looking forward to doing it again. I think me and Mario should be on this week, give or take. I got you know some hiccups in the schedule, but we're going to do the best we can. So if you guys have found any value or any entertainment in this discussion, uh, hit that thumbs up button. Show your support for the channel. And if you found it worth uh, you know, in, you know, encouraging or want to put it out there, feel free to share it as well. So I uh, appreciate you guys. Be blessed, be safe, and I will see you guys later. Have a good night. Peace.